Tortora proudly brings you... Is that for real? Are you kidding me? The annoying moment of the week. I, I really honest, I don't know how to respond to this. Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like. Do you have to be that crazy? I guess so. The annoying moment of the week proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt on 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. You know that when I do the annoying moment of the week, if I have more than one scoop, I give you, I give you, you know, two scoops or three scoops, whatever. Maybe if I have more than one annoying moment, I call them scoops. And obviously in connection with Carvel DeWitt, sometimes I have the leaning tower of ice cream because I have four or five scoops. So my first scoop, my first annoying moment of the week this week would have to be uh, something that I had to deal with, with with my little puppy, Lily. So uh, Lily's a little sweetheart. She's a tiny little pup. And I have, you know, she goes outside. She goes in the backyard. She goes potty. Uh, she's really good about it. She'll sniff around a little bit. Uh, I have bunnies in my backyard, so she'll kind of look for them and whatnot. But, uh, but ultimately, you know, she kind of does her business most of the time and comes right back inside. So I'm laying in bed with Lilia a couple nights ago, and, and I had felt something earlier in the day on her ear, and I kind of just, you know, picked at it because one time she had kind of a scab because they had cut her ear um, when she was getting groomed or whatever. And so I, I kind of picked at it, and I was like, you know what? I want to check this because I want to know what it is. So I'm laying in bed. And I pick at this thing, and she kind of doesn't bother with, you know, she doesn't, like, react too much. And then she kind of, like, you know, starts to walk away. And I and I hit it, and I pull it back, and I see it in her hair, and I just pull it right out. And I put it on my nightstand, thinking maybe it's dried blood or whatever. And I see it on its back, and it starts, it starts doing the feet thing. And I was like, ugh, I have never had an encounter with a tick. Thank God. I could say that 35 years, never had an encounter with a tick. I hope that I never do again. I hope that I never do. And so I see this thing and I'm like, ugh. And then all of a sudden I'm in the bed, I'm on the phone, I'm talking about it. There's another one laying on my bed sheet and Lily goes to eat it or she goes to like hit it with her nose or whatever. And I'm like, no. And I hit it and then it goes up and it goes over the sheet and I grab that one and, and, and threw that one out as well. But I was hoping in my head, I'm like, what if there was one under there and then there's one on the sheet when I hit it? What if I saw a third one? What if there was three, not two? Because I didn't see where the, you know, when I hit that one, I thought it's the one that went over the sheet, but I didn't know. So I had to take all my sheets. It was later at night. I had to wash everything. And I was concerned for Lily, you know, uh, her first and foremost for her. And then, you know, concerned for me secondary because these stupid things. So I'm like checking my body. I'm like looking at everything, trying to make sure that, that I'm okay. And so, yeah, it's got to be my first annoying moment of the week because yuck and ill and it's just gross. And, and I just, I, I don't even, you know, cause people talk about pulling them out of their kid's hair and this, the thing that I love is that this thing was not ingrained in her and I was able to just pull it right out. Uh, the other thing that I love is that the other one, I don't know where the heck it came from, but it wasn't stuck to her. So it's beautiful. And that that was the case. But that kind of just makes me like, it's, you know, it kind of skeeves you out. And who likes ticks? You know what I mean? So I'm not a fan. 
by any stretch of the imagination. I've never seen one on Lily. I've never seen one on me. Thank God. I hope that's the last one that she ever has. And I hope that I never have any. And, you know, so just check your dogs, check your kids, check yourself. You know, the thing, I mean, growing up as a kid, we always laid in the grass. You know, that's what you did. We didn't know anything about ticks growing up as kids. We just laid in the grass. We lay in the grass, watch the stars. You know, the thing that we were concerned about is mosquitoes. But we lay in the grass, we watch the stars. We lay in the grass after the lawn's cut. We lay in the grass with our dogs. We lay in the grass just because we're tired. Or we lay in the grass because it's a nice day. We want to look up at the sun. You know, it's not something we ever thought of as kids. And now we, you know, you do. You think about it. So just check your kids. Check yourself. You know, check your check your animals, check your cats and your dogs and, and all the good stuff. Uh, another annoying moment of the week actually happened when Rob and I was at, well, Rob and I were at Cafe Kubal. And that annoying moment is when Rob and I, unfortunately, uh, saw a bird. We were just talking and we heard this, doom, and we both looked at the, the glass window because we were, we were sitting at Cafe Cabal on 343 uh, Fayette Street in Manlius. We were, we were sitting above, so there's like a, a countertop and, and stools, really cool stools. They look like, you know, coffee, like kind of just coming out of that pot. It looks like that, but it's three stripes of it, kind of the steam coming out. And that's the thing on the back of, of all these chairs because they're, they're not just stools. They have the back support, uh, which I love those because I think that's great. I think it's good to have, you know, proper posture and back support. So we're sitting up there and we're doing the show. And if you go back and watch the video, you'll see when it happens. Because Rob and I both heard it and then he went, wow. And I went, ugh. And we both at the same time, we just saw like we heard the hit and I kind of saw the body, like the silver body, like the grayish body just hit. And then you see these feathers go and I didn't see anything fall. So him and I were just hoping like, you know, this bird did not know there was a window there. And it was really creepy. And so it's it's one of my annoying moments of the week because I never like to see anybody hurt, including animals. And I just hope the bird's okay. I, I pray for the bird to be safe and sound and to be back with their family, you know, in all honesty. To some people, that might not mean anything. To me, it, it means a lot, you know. Uh, birds, human beings, uh, cats, dogs reptiles it doesn't matter i mean it you know plants i don't wish bad on anything and to see anything in pain for me it's it's a living it's a living thing you know it was it, it was created by god and in my opinion um you know and it's it's beautiful i mean that that's the truth to me so uh it was it was a very uh disturbing you know i don't want to say i mean it was just kind of a a very eerie moment and uh not Strange, just very strange. So I hope the bird's okay. That's another annoying moment of the week. Uh, the next annoying moment of the week for me is the playoff seating for the NBA. Now, I know that it puts better, you know, more teams out there. But you know, anybody that's watched the NBA over the years, you know that uh, teams with losing records or 500 records have made it because it's top eight, right? And there's 30 teams in the NBA, so there's 15 on one side, 15 on the other. More make it in a conference that don't make it. Eight make it, seven don't. So eight, I mean, obviously, 15 and 15 makes 30. The top eight teams make it. So that means eight make it, seven don't in the East and in the West. And so to me, uh, when it comes to playoffs, you know, I feel like it, sh- it should be 
uh, less teams are making it than, you know what I mean? Like NCAA tournaments, 68 teams make it for Division One men's basketball. There's over 300 schools. You know, 64 make it for women. So I, I like that. I like the fact that it's hard to get into. And, you know, it's not always fair, which that needs to be changed and the criteria for that. But most of the time, uh, teams aren't getting in with losing records. I think it happened recently when a team... Uh, won their conference tournament, and they had uh, like nine wins and, I don't know, 13 losses or something like that. But in the world we live in, in general, in the sports world, I always think that it, sh- it should be this many make the playoffs, you know, and, and the rest of them don't. You know what I mean? So, you know, you expand the NFL to include an extra playoff team, and the NFL has 32. So you put seven and seven instead of six and six. You put seven, you know, so that's 14 that make it, 18 that don't. Uh, still less make it than do make it, or less, uh, less make it than don't make it. And so, I mean, that's something to look at. Uh, you know, I, I struggle with the new playoff format because, you know, they say, well, it gives more credence to the regular season. No, it doesn't. I mean, it kind of does, but it doesn't. I guess if you're out of the playoffs, you got to keep fighting and not tank or whatever. But if you're the seventh or eighth best team, you're the seventh or eighth best team. You know, I would think that you fight in the regular season when you're coming down the stretch and you're only above the ninth and the tenth team by a game or a game and a half or whatever it may be, and you got three games to go. I don't think you need the play in game or whatever you want to call it. This, like, Thing, this little like mini wild card NBA thing that they're doing now where this seven plays the eight, the nine plays the 10, you know, and then the the winner of the seven, eight advances, the loser of that plays the winner of the nine and 10. So if you're the eight seed, you know, you have to prove yourself, uh, you know, and you either have to beat the seven or you have to beat the nine, 10. So you could have a winning record, the 9-10 could have a losing record or a 500 record, and you're better than them, you know, because 1 through 8, you know, you're better than them, but at the end of the day, uh, you end up losing. I mean, what if the 7 seed loses, right, to the 8, so the 8 goes to the playoffs, the 7 seed loses, they play the 9-10 and they lose. Now the 7 seed's not in, but the 8, 9, and 10 are in. That doesn't make sense. What if the 7 seed has has out of 82 games what if the seven seed is 37 and 32 right and or i said 82 games so what if they're 47 and 32 they do that right 45 wait 47 no okay i'm not doing my math right 47 and 35 there you go because then that's the carry the two okay daniel there we go we did it so i mean what if that what if the seven is is 40 47 wins the eight is 40 and then the nine and 10 are like 35 and 30 or something like that. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't see the value in having a niner. I mean, it gets more teams involved, which allows more cities to be involved, which allows more money to be made across the NBA. You know, if your team's at 10, then you're still watching at the end of the year instead of checking out a couple days before. But, I mean, what does it really do? You know, 
It makes you check in for two games. Well, Dan, two is better than none. Yeah, I agree. Two is better than none. But, I mean, I've kind of accepted the fact. I'm a Raptors fan. I've been a Raptors fan since their institution. If the Raptors are a 10 seed, well, you know, it sucks. But they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, I I just can't fathom that. You know, when I was playing basketball growing up, and I'm playing in high school, right? So I'm playing in high school, and... I'm playing CYO and I'm playing for St. Joe's. If they say the top eight seeds make it, but you guys are the 10 and we're going to let you get in or have the opportunity to get in. I mean, yeah, as a player, that's great. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but we're not, we're not good enough to get in. And, you know, like we didn't prove it. Well, you know, maybe there was injuries. I mean, but you could say a multitude of things. Everybody has injuries, right? You know, every, I mean, not everybody, but so, you know, teams have, it's a normal part of the game. Teams have injuries. People have, uh, in the NBA, guys sit, you know, that was never something that you could do when I was growing up. You couldn't, Michael Jordan didn't sit. He didn't just like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to play for the next like three weeks. Like that didn't happen. David Robinson didn't sit. Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewing, Alan Houston, you know, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Detlef Schrempf. I said Reggie Miller, uh, Tim Hardaway, Scotty Pippen. Guys didn't sit. Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon. Nobody, nobody sat. They played, you know? Like when you would watch those games and it's like the Spurs are going to sit Tim Duncan and it was almost like let's see if they can get away with it and not get fined. To me, I think it's stupid. And I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm against players sitting. Well, you know, they're getting older and this. Okay. I mean, like, I, I always think about it in the sense of what if I had a son or a daughter and they loved the Lakers, right? So I fly across the country and it costs me. Let's say they're 10 years old or something like that, 10, 12. So it costs me round trip $700 to fly. Let's just say it's 700 bucks, right? So it's 700 bucks to fly. We're going to stay the weekend. I get a hotel for two months, two, uh, two nights. And so let's say that costs me 500 bucks. So now I'm at 1200 bucks, right? I got to buy my kid food and myself food. We got to get uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two days and then like breakfast the next day, maybe lunch when we're flying home. So I got to get, you know, at least eight meals, right? So I'm already at 1200 bucks. Now I got to get meals. So let's say, let's say my, my dinner meals are, are 50. So that's a hundred because there's two of them. Let's say my lunches are 30. So it's, so there's, and there's three of those. So that's 90 plus 100, so that's 190. And let's say breakfast, we just grab a Danish or something for the three mornings. So let's say that's uh, $15, so it's 45 in total. So that's $235. So add that to the 1200. Now I spent $1,435. $1,435. Then I buy us two tickets, they cost me $100 a piece. So now 1435 now it's 1635 And we, you know, I get them a jersey. So 1635 and then let's call it uh, with the Nick, the stuff we buy, the jersey and the pennant, whatever. So that's 200 bucks. 
so that's eighteen hundred and thirty-five. Then I got to pay to park, right? Or I got to get an Uber. So before I know it, I'm spending two grand to bring my ten-year-old son or daughter to a Lakers game across the country. And LeBron just decides he's not injured. He just decides he doesn't want to play. Just makes that decision. I'm not going to play. And it's my kid's favorite player. And we bought these tickets six months ago. So I spent $2,000 to go across the country to have my kid go to their first Lakers game and LeBron's not playing. Right? That's what I think about. Well, you know, Dan, the guys want to build longevity and they're tired. And, you know, if they want to play for four more years, then they need to sit 15 games a season. Again, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, John Stockton, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rapp, people, Joe Dumars, they didn't sit. You didn't sit. And by the way, back then, the league had a lot of good teams. You couldn't just buy a franchise. You couldn't just buy your championship. Detroit was good. Indiana was good. Chicago was good. Utah was good. Uh, Seattle was good, which is now Oklahoma City. So Seattle was good. The Knicks were good. Houston was good. The Spurs were good. The Suns were good. You know, you're talking, you're talking all of these teams. The Celtics were good. I say the Lakers. But, you know, so you got 10, 11 teams there that are all good. Right? 10 or 11 teams. You're almost at half the league was good. Nowadays, you know, Brooklyn just backed the Brink truck, Brinks truck up and made their team. LeBron, wherever he goes, he backs the Brinks truck up and makes a team. So, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to look at that. The Sixers were good. The Raptors were good for, you know, some times there with Damon Stoudemire as well as with Vince Carter. So, you know, I mean, for me back then, guys weren't sitting. You couldn't just go, oh, it's a Tuesday and I just want to take a, you know, I just want to take a little break. You, you couldn't do that. You know, well, well, they're tired. Okay, well, David Robinson played forever. Sean Kemp played for a while. Gary Payton, Reggie Miller, Jordan played, left, came back, left, came back, you know, and it, so to me, it, it just, this whole, well, they have to sit and they have to relax. Like, that's an annoying moment of the week. And on top of that, it's annoying about this, like, strategizing. Like, you play a sport, so play the sport. And if at the end of the season you're the ninth team, you're not in the playoffs. Right? No sitting unless you're hurt. Like, just play. Right? If your father, mother, somebody passed away, I get that. But sitting just for just just because because you're playing a chess game, it's ridiculous. You know, if LeBron sits five games and Anthony Davis sits seven games, and then they're complaining at the end of the season that they're two games behind, and well, you should be a nine seed. Well, you should have a chance to play. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have sat for those thirteen games. Figure it out. I couldn't imagine making it to the NBA being totally healthy and gone. You know what? I'm going to sit out because I want to be ready for the playoffs.
I mean, of course you want to be ready for the playoffs, but isn't that what conditioning is for? Could you imagine going to a game like that analogy that I came up with, spending two grand, bringing your kid, you're ecstatic, he's happy, she's happy, you're happy, and you get to the game and they're not playing because they just didn't feel like it, they just didn't want to, it's a strategy? That's ridiculous. That game shouldn't be on television then. And if they decide not to play just because, then you know what? You don't get paid for that game. If you decided not to go to work, you think that they should just pay you for that day? Well, Dan, we could have sick days and vacation days. Okay. I get that. But if you're on vacation day, go on vacation. Don't be sitting there with a suit on on the sideline totally healthy. It's ridiculous to me. And I don't think it's fair, and I, I just I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right to do it. I don't. Because how many people want to play this sport and, you know, just they never make it. And then here you are, you know, just taking a little break because you feel like it. And this strategizing toward the playoffs and all this BS, you play 82 games, okay? You play 82 games in a normal year. That should be enough games, or play an odd number of them, because odds usually help out more. Play 83 or 81. But you play 82 games, you should be able to figure it out. The 7 should not be playing the 8, the 9 shouldn't be playing the 10, because if the 7 gets bumped out of the playoffs and the 8 and the 10 or the 8 and the 9 make it, it's not fair, it's just not fair and it's not right, you know. So to me, I don't agree with it. It's an annoying moment of the week because what is wrong with saying the top eight and the top eight make it? Why is that difficult? Why do we have to look at nine, ten? And why do we have to look at seven and eight playing each other to try and earn the right to be there? You know, six doesn't have to play anybody. Five doesn't have to play anybody. Four and three don't have to play anybody, right? One and two might be leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of the teams, but... I don't see six having to play anybody. Well, Dan, that's why you fight for the six seed. No, you fight for the six seed because you want to make playoffs. I just don't see the value of this extension. I see why they did it last year. Because they had to stop everything due to COVID. But this year, you know... You're playing your regular schedule outside of the Toronto Raptors. Everybody's at home. So, you know, that to me, if anybody's going to get any type of aid this year, it would be the Toronto Raptors because they don't play at home. Their away games are away and their home games are away in Tampa. You know, over a thousand miles from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So... I'm just not, I'm not for the expanded playoff because, you know, well, Dan, it helps. The The notion of Dan, it helps because it puts more emphasis on, you know, working hard at the end of the season. It's like, I mean, if your team is good, they're good, right? If your team is plagued by, put it like this. When Syracuse football has been plagued by injuries, nobody let them play in the college football playoff is an apology, or in the BCS National Championship. Oh, well, you know, you, you would have been good, but you didn't have anybody. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know? Yeah, it stinks if your players go down and they're injured. But what can you do? You know? Jacksonville has had an offensive line that hasn't stayed healthy completely from left tackle to right tackle 
in years. They don't write a letter to the NFL saying we should make the playoffs with, you know, with one win. We should make the playoffs because we've had a really tough year and we've had injuries. It's considered part of the game. So I think the top eight seeds should make it in the East. The top eight should make it in the West. And if you don't like it, well, tough nuggies. Then you need to be in the top eight. It's not the NBA's job to fix your season. It's not fair. Why don't you just let everybody in the playoffs? Then the regular season really, honestly, does not matter. But you have more in than out right now. And now you have more involved. You got 20 out of 30 teams involved in the potential playoffs. Well, Dan, that's good for their cities. Yeah, okay, it builds revenue. But is it fair to the game or does it dilute it? I don't think it helps. I don't think people that aren't watching the NBA, like an average fan that's not watching the NBA now, is not going to watch it with, with play-in games. If they don't watch it now, they're not going to watch it for the, ooh, let's see who make No, they're not watching it for that. I don't think a average, like, I don't dislike the NBA, but I don't really care for it. I don't think that's going to bring in new people. I just don't see that happening. So, I don't agree with that. I would have to say that. My other annoying moment of the week is I was watching a video, and what is this thing about octopus punching fish for no reason? Like an octopus just like swimming about, and then like this fish comes by, and first and foremost, I had no idea that they could fling out their arms or their tentacles that quickly to just like hit something. But you know, like, you know, the octopus is just kind of, you know, you know, on the ground, just kind of waving about, moving its body. And this fish comes by and the octopus just punches it. Boom. Like right in the face. Boom. You know what I mean? Like, what would you do if that was like a human thing? You went into the grocery store and somebody just like hit you with their cart or just like punched you in the face. Like, why? You know, so it's an annoying moment of the week because like, why are octopus going out there punching people in the face? I think that's crazy. It's not nice. But, and they're not eating them. It's not like they're catching them or they're, you know, striking them with something so they can, you know, so they could feast on them. They're just going about the water, punch a fish in the face, punch another fish in the face, water, bang, bang, water. You know what I mean? Maybe this is the octopus dance. Maybe it's this, punch, punch, and then a little bit more of the shimmy. I don't know. Maybe I've created a new dance. But with that being said, those are my annoying moments of the week. If you're an octopus... Uh, please refrain from willy-nilly punching uh, those that live in, in, in the beautiful water. Stop punching them in the face. Especially if they're not bothering you. You know what I mean? So, I don't like violence in general. And senseless violence, uh, even, even less do I like it, if that's possible. But, yeah, if you're an octopus, stop punching fish in the face. Never thought I'd have to say that on the show, but... I surprise myself every day, and God surprises me. With that being said, we're going to take a step aside for a fast break here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Uh, the annoying moment of the week, those those many scoops were proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt on 4322 East Genesee Street in, in DeWitt, New York. It is what happy tastes like, and it is the exclusive home of the Orange Dream. My spin on words, and obviously the color of the great city of Syracuse and our community is very proudly uh, orange. There's a lot of orange here. And a lot of orange all over the world because of Syracuse. 
So uh, make your way out to Carvel DeWitt exclusively for the Orange Dream, which is my Sunday and shake form of having an orange creamsicle. Essentially, it's like having a creamsicle deconstructed or drinking a creamsicle as a shake. Get yours today at Carvel DeWitt exclusively on 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York.